Bonjour, y'all. My name is Allison Saclou, and I'm the host of Alley in France. This is the perfect podcast for anyone thinking of moving to France, traveling to France, a lover of French culture, or a Francophile in general, which is my case. I will be having weekly podcasts, but if you want to be in the know about everything French, I urge you, I insist that you head on over to my Instagram page where I post daily recipes, travel tips, and interesting insights about living in and traveling around the French countryside. My Instagram is Saclou. that's A-L-Y-S-A-C-L-E-U-X, that's at Saclou on Instagram. I've also included a link in the show notes, so you can just click on that. Hit that subscribe button so you'll get the notifications when I publish our episodes. And if you subscribe, I hope you enjoy it. Bonjour, bonjour, y'all. Oh, wait, no. Don't say bonjour, bonjour. That's actually, (laughs) that's actually not a thing in France. So yeah, it's not like chow chow when you're in Italy where it's like, you know, chow chow when you're saying goodbye. It's not a thing. Okay. But anyway, so on today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little about a little bit about associations and why those are so important in France and um, how you can get involved with them, find some. And actually, they really throw like great parties, too, and they have not meetups, but like they'll host wine tastings and cheese tastings like associations are the bomb. They're a great way to meet people. If you're going to be in any part of France for an extended period of time, let's say a month or more, I would definitely find an association that like aligns with your interests. So yeah, but I'm like going off on a tangent because I want to talk about a few things else, or a few other things first. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited because I'm heading down to Barcelona with the family in a less than a month so I think we head down there on like the 18th but I've looked up the weather there today and it is 58 degrees do you know what the temperature is here in Lozere France it's 36 so where we are going is actually almost double oh yeah side note um sorry about the buzzing in the background but I have the the furnace on it's not a furnace it's like a chimney and it has like a little fan that turns on to help uh, push the smoke out of here so if there's a little bit of a hum um, it's just me trying not to die in the 36 degree temperatures because we don't technically have heating on this floor I mean we have radiators so we could turn it on but I mean guys the cost of living and the cost of fuel way too expensive so I'm using the chimney instead um to warm up you know do what you gotta do (laughs) um but uh yeah talking about going to Barcelona um and actually since it's so cold here we haven't been outside very much even though at this very moment it's sunny So technically, I could go outside and get some vitamin D because I definitely need that. I don't know if anyone else out there is a parent like me, but 
my kid caught a cold, uh, or the little one caught a cold. Uh, we'll just call him patient zero. Patient zero got sick on the way to our October vacation. So I think it was like around October 15th. We were like driving to see the, our family in Brittany. And then on the way, he just got a fever. First day of vacation. And since I can't resist a baby giving me kisses or I just can't resist my kids at all. Like they're so adorable. I want to like snuggle them all the time. Um, I got it pretty quickly (laughs) and I had it and I was sick for like a month. He was sick for probably two weeks. Then he gave it to my daughter. Somehow my husband avoided it. I don't know how he avoided it. Um, you know, I think I know how he avoided it. I think it's because he had the first COVID, like, you know, the one, the stronger one that everybody got, like, the first round in, um, like, two years ago. He got it in October of last year? No. Yes. No. October of the year before. Anyway, he had a really strong strain of COVID, and I think that's the reason, like, he's super resistant to everything now. Like, I can be dying in bed and he'll be bringing me coffee and tea and giving me kisses and, like, not get it. So I'm kind of jealous, low-key jealous. Not too jealous, though, because he had, like, six months of being tired after that COVID. Like, it was a doozy. But anyway, so the, the patient zero actually got sick again, like, this past week after getting me sick for a month. And then we explained to the doctor what had happened, like, He's always sick. He's always getting us sick. And she gave us vitamin D for the whole family, Um, which is great. So hopefully I'll be able to continue the podcast. I won't be losing my voice because last time I lost my voice for two weeks. I was whispering for two weeks. So my whole family was whispering for two weeks because, you know, when someone whispers to you, you have to whisper back. I don't know what it is. My sister and I did the same thing with my mom because she was a school teacher and she would lose her voice um, around cold and flu season and, you know, yelling at those rowdy kids too. And yeah, everybody. Oh my gosh, y'all, I am about to cry. I was recording this podcast or this part of the podcast because I had to take a pause for water and some stupid alarm went off in my phone And it didn't save. After I turned the alarm off, like the five minutes that I had been talking did not save. Oh my God. Like sometimes I love technology, but sometimes not so much. So anyway, like I was saying earlier, guys, get yourself some vitamin D, do yourself a favor. It's not like the most yummy stuff because the doctor that prescribed it to um, us uh, gave it in kind of like an oily solution, but it's either take five drops a day or 25 drops a week. So I'd rather do things once a week since there are four of us and it's hard to get us all in the same room sometimes with different schedules. So we've just been doing 25 drops a week and I can tell a difference. I'm not as lethargic and I definitely have a lot more energy now that I started taking vitamin D. So do yourselves a favor, guys. Take some vitamins, take care of yourselves because it's just the beginning of winter and we just can't be sick for the rest of winter. 
So, yeah. So, anyway, on my Instagram, uh, coming up this month, I have some really cool French recipes coming up. Um, and about the recipes, like, I really try to use things that are available. Available in uh, in France and the United States because I know how frustrating it is like to not have things on hand like when you see something really yummy and you're like oh well I don't have access to that ingredient so whatever now it's fine I I got your back I'm always giving alternatives um in case like it's something that's not available in the states but speaking of ingredients that are available in the states have you guys tried Mont uh, Montdor cheese. Okay. It's like Montdor, like if you say it in English or like with an American accent, um, it's M O N T space D apostrophe O R. It's like a mountain of gold, which I think is basically the best name for this cheese because it is absolutely amazing because it's like naturally a little bit runny and gooey and it's like the only cheese that you eat with a spoon but um check out my Instagram because I did a reel on it and oh my gosh that stuff was so good so basically this cheese it comes inside of a my mouth is like watering as I'm talking about this (laughs) Um, okay, swallow. Let's see. So basically it comes in a, um, a wooden, a wooden like little carton, a wooden little box, but it's not box. It's circular shaped. So it's not rectangular, it's circular. So it comes in its little wooden box and you set it in the oven and some places say to bake it for eight minutes. Other places say to bake it for 20. So I think you just have to know your oven. So anyway, Anyway, oh, by the way, this is available in the States because I found it on a website um, and you can get it. So important disclosure. So anyway, you bake this in the oven. It gets super gooey and hot. And then you steam some potatoes. You slice some charcuterie, um, charcuterie or charcuterie, like how we say it in, in Florida, but, um, you can do, let's see, you can do like regular ham for sandwiches or like maybe the deluxe, you know, nice deli meat stuff. Um, you could do jambon de bay. Uh, so you can do, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting all the words in English. Basically anything that has pig in it and it's sliced and it's dried and it's cured like prosciutto, like you could do prosciutto. If you could find the French version of prosciutto, do that. Um, because you're not going to eat big chunks of it. You're going to like slice your potato, slice a little piece of the prosciutto or, um, jambon du pays, uh, and then a little bit of cornichon. Cornichon are like tiny, uh, super crunchy pickles that we have here in France. Um, I don't know if they'd be considered a dill pickle because they're they're still pretty vinegary, um, but I think that might be the only thing you'll have a hard time finding in the States because the, the acidity, acidity of that kind of, um, kind of like cuts through all of the, the fatty cheesiness and the, and the prosciutto. So anyway, the perfect bite is a piece of potato, a small piece of prosciutto, some cornichon, and then what you do is you hold that over the mentor 
and then you pour, you grab a spoon for, and you um, spoon the mentor onto, onto your fork and then you pop it in your mouth and it's so good. It's amazing. It's, yeah, it's subliminal. It's all the things and um, definitely with a crisp white wine. Um, hopefully you can find one from the same region because Montor is from the Jura region of France. It's J-U-R-A. Jura. Jura. Mm. Don't listen to my pronunciations, guys. Just write the letter down and then ask Google Translate how you pronounce it because you can't be listening to me and my funny uh, American accent. So anyway, check that one out. So good. Um, if you need the spelling, it's, it's on my uh, Instagram page because um, I already spelled it once. So yeah, that's it. Um, also, uh, I'm going to be making a cider drink because I'm super excited about that. I don't know if you guys know, but like in France, we have a lot of apples and that's why in French to, to faint, like if someone was to faint, you would say tomber dans la pomme. I'm sure I'm messing that up right, but it's basically fall in the apples because there's so many apples all over France and there's so many apple trees. Like if you faint, you're probably going to hit an apple on the way down. So I just love that saying. It's so cute. Don't quote me on it. Probably look it up, but it's something about falling in the apples. Anyway, I thought that was an adorable expression. So since there's so many apples in France, especially, but the main concentration of them is in the Normandy and Brittany region. So, you know, Normandy is pretty close to Paris. It's in the Northern part of France. And I think it takes like an hour or two to get there by train. So it's like, it's not far from Paris at all. But anyway, that's where they have a bunch of, um, cider making houses. So some of them make cider, some of them distill it. So, but most do, most of the houses do both. So they'll make Calvados and they'll make cider. Um, so it's super yummy. The cider here, um, it's a little bit bubbly sometimes and it's a lot less sweeter. So it's a lot less sweet than you get from, than you get, um, like from the States or any of like the hard ciders and, um, in the grocery aisle, like where the beer is. Yeah. That hard cider is super sweet compared to, compared to the stuff we have here. But anyway, I'm going to be making a cider cocktail. So I'm excited about that. Uh, also talk about what to pair foie gras with because I mean, let's, let's be real here. Foie gras is the bomb. Um, and I remember when I was on vacation here before I moved here, I would have foie gras at like every meal, every meal, because I knew I was only here for like a week or two. And now that I live here, I don't think I've had foie gras for like probably three or four months. Um, excuse the noise. That's the most important dog on the planet, uh, smacking her lips. Okay. Go back to, go back to sleep. Okay. So anyway, we're going to be talk, talking about what to pair foie gras with. Um, I just put in an order to, um, our family cause our family, technically our family, um, cause it's my husband's stepdad's family. So they're practically cousins or uncles or something like that. So anyway, they, um, they have a winery 
uh, probably like somewhere in the middle of, of France and they bring us wine and other people wine like about three times a year, three or four times a year. So I ordered some wine to go with the foie gras for New Year's Eve because you kind of have to plan ahead here since we live in the country. Um, you need to get everything beforehand before one, it runs out and two, it gets really expensive because I feel like grocery stores might start jacking up the prices or maybe it's just from living in the States. Maybe I'm just paranoid that they jack up the prices. So to me, it seems like they do even when they don't, I don't know. Might just be my own paranoia. I don't know. Somebody let me know if you guys feel like they do the same, but running out of things is really, is really, um, a problem here because we have like one grocery store for the whole town and um, when it's out it's out and if you have to drive to another town sometimes the roads are kind of icy so you're asking yourself hmm, do I really want to risk my life for foie gras or oysters for dinner mm, no so yeah you just end up without it happens that's the price for you pay for living in paradise right so um and I also want to be well prepared because we have some friends coming down from Paris. I'm so excited. Um, the husband, he's French and the wife is Venezuelan, but she's lived all over the world. And I'm super excited because I get to practice Spanish because every day I speak French, I feel like Spanish is taking up less and less and less headspace. Like my brain was 50-50 when I got here because I'd speak Spanish a lot in Orlando uh, with my job and then just with friends. Um, so my brain was like 50% English, 50% Spanish, which was cool. Cause I was like maintaining my Spanish because I lived in Orlando. So it was a lot easier. And now I'd say my brain is 50% English and like 30% French and like 20% Spanish. So that's, that's a big deal because I spent 10 years in Ecuador getting good at Spanish. I'm not going to say perfecting it because I probably still have a gringa accent and I probably say la instead of el and, and I don't know all of the articles. But once you learn a language, once you go through the pain and anybody that's learned a language, once you go through the pain and suffering and the embarrassment of learning a language, you do not want to forget that. It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling to have to go through, to have to, to learn it, to, to say things wrong, to cuss when you don't mean to, to insult people because you said something backwards. I mean, it's a lot. It, it's a hard experience. So once you get that language, you don't want to let it go. So that's another reason I'm excited to go to Barcelona because I will be working on my Espanol with my... Uh, so, since I know the name of this episode is uh, French Associations slash Social Clubs. I mean, they call them associations, but I really think it's just a social club. It's just like a great way to get to know everybody in your community. So, since that's what it's named after, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking about that. Because, you know, you got to give the people what they want. You can't just name an episode something and then just talk about food the whole time. Even though... Based on my most popular um, content on Instagram, nobody cares about anything except for food. Like, my most popular posts, it's all food related.
And I get it. I get it. It's important to eat. I agree. I think I'll just do an episode about food. Maybe I'll get my husband on here. He has a sexy French accent, so he makes the he makes the food sound sound better. <laughs> so, um anyway, associations in France are super I would say they're I'd say they're super important, very important. No, they're like really important, especially when you're new to an area. It's basically the best way to get to know people. Um, and the place to start, like if you want to join an association, you go to the Marie, which is spelled, uh, the Marie is basically City Hall. It's M-A-I-R-I-E, the Marie of your town. And you just ask for a list of associations and see what you like. Um, for example, here, my husband and I have the France Itasuni, which is, you know, France, um, United States Association. And he, what my husband does, I'm sorry for the heavy breathing. What my husband does is twice a month, they have conversations in English, which I mean, he doesn't teach English to them. He's an English teacher, but it's not to teach people. It's people that have like a certain level of English. Um, and then they just converse and he like gives them topics to talk about and then he'll correct like any errors or he'll help them with words. But it's just like grownups, um, you know, practicing their English. Um, so when they travel, because French people are avid travelers or at least everybody lives in our area. They've all been to like, they've already been to Africa, you know, they've been to Corsica, they've been, you know, to the States. And we all know like the easiest um, language or the most popular language in most uh, of the world is English. So like, you know, they don't go everywhere expecting everybody to speak French. So um, yeah, so that's what mine and my husband have. Um, actually, we had Thanksgiving with our association. Uh, we had our friend's restaurant do it. Um, it was super good using like my grandma's and my mom's recipes. So that was fun. I'll sh- I should probably share those photos soon. Yeah, but it's kind of like, it's like a week after Thanksgiving. So I don't know if you still share Thanksgiving photos a week after Thanksgiving. I don't know. JLo did. So, I mean, if JLo does it, then maybe I can too. <laughs> she just gave me permission. Um, yeah, so let's see. What other associations do they have in our town? They also have a, a yoga association. Um, my son goes to a karate association, which is really cool. Um, the instructor, she's a black belt. She's super awesome, super interesting person. Um, and I think it was like 112 or maybe like 150 for the whole year. So like you turn in like, you know, the doctor's information and the enrollment fee and things like that. And yeah, they meet twice a week, um, Saturdays and Wednesdays because here in France, little kids don't have school on Wednesdays. And you're asking yourself, why is she saying that so dramatically? Because it cuts your work week, work week, work week, like in half. Like you're getting on a roll, you're doing stuff. You're like, Monday, I'm good. Tuesday, I'm good. Wednesday, 
done. Like nothing. You can't get anything done on Wednesday. So yeah, just FYI, thinking about moving to France and you have kids in elementary school, can't do anything on Wednesday. Just letting you know. Once the kids go to, not high school, no, middle school, middle school, my daughter has a half day uh, on Wednesday. So yeah. So that's why when you're like looking at associations, they'll have um, an afternoon activity on Wednesdays because the kids don't usually have school. So FYI. Oh, also there's another association that I actually went to or I was like the, not the host, but like the I guest of honor, I guess you would say, something like that. Anyway, um, so it's an association where... Um, people from different parts of the world, because there's actually a lot of immigrants just even in our little town. So people from all over the world, they'll go and they'll make a dish from their country, um, which which nobody cared about the fact that I was from the U.S. They just cared about the fact that I'd lived in South America. So they're like, make a South American dish because, you know, they just think Americans only eat cheeseburgers. Um, I digress. They could be right. They're not right. We eat more than cheeseburgers. We like hot wings too. So anyway, um, so they only cared about the fact that I had lived in Ecuador and they wanted an Ecuadorian dish. So we made seco de pollo, which is a chicken stew. Um, And it's really easy because you have all the ingredients here. So seco de pollo um, with rice and then uh, patacones, oh, which patacones are twice fried green plantains. See, here I go, I'm talking about food again. That's all right, you guys love it. Food is everything. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, what you do is like you slice the plantains, you fry them in like uh, chunks, probably like two inches long. You fry them for like five or 10 minutes, depending on how hot the oil is. Then you take them out of the oil, and you smash these things, burning your fingers, but you do it because you know how good it is. You smash these uh, fried plantains with a fork, and then you put them back in the oil to fry again. And mwah, magnifique. They're super crunchy. It's like potato chips, but like more filling because um, the plantains are super starchy. So yeah. So anyway, that was one association. They were like making foods from all over the world. And I think before, like they'd had somebody's mom from Italy. I was like, darn, I wanted to be at that meeting. I wanted to learn how to make some grandma Italian food. Speaking of which, I should probably join that association next year. Because the, here the association things close in like September. So you have to wait till next September. I mean, you could probably get in, but I mean, la flemme. La flemme means the laziness. I'm just too lazy to do it. I have enough going on in my life. I'm just trying to not get sick 15 times this winter. So anyway, um, they have other associations. They have, oh, they have a hiking club. They have a hiking club, but there's different ones because there's a hiking club for like older people, like older guys. Um, and it's just like a dude's club. And then there's like another hiking club that's like uh, mixed. So it's like girls and guys or women and men but there's one just for dudes I love it I love it it's so cute seeing all these um older like grandpas with like their hiking gear and like doing their thing they're so cute 
but um yeah and then what else do they have around here they definitely have dance they have drawing um and sometimes it's hosted by like one or two people and they take turns and other times it's just hosted by one person um and it's just like you know usually if it's an artist or something like they'll host their own but like if it's like a hiking club there's usually like two or three people in charge so if like somebody's sick or somebody can't go on a hike um like somebody else can organize it and yeah I just think they're amazing like the last weekend I regret not going no the weekend before last I regret not going um but I have it marked my calendar for next year like the Lions Club which I know technically that's not a French association but I mean it's kind of like a worldwide thing um they had a wine tasting and they brought wines from Champagne from Jura from Landuc from like all over France they had like 50 wineries on the list and it was so sad I couldn't go but I was like still recovering from like whatever the kids gave me so but I'm definitely looking forward to that this year so yeah um associations are super fun super great way to adapt to the community like after participating in a few things like every time I go to the grocery store I um I know like two or three people so I can sit and chit chat and feel like a local and feel like I belong because for the longest time I felt like just a tourist in my own town you know even though I live here I pay taxes I just didn't feel like I belonged but now that uh you know I've done some activities met some people like it's starting to feel more like home and I think I think that's important and associations are a super easy way to do it um and I highly suggest it suggest that you that you try them um if you're going to be in France for any ex- extended period of time um and yeah they're they're inexpensive and it's just a good way to to meet people to bond to find somebody with similar interests because if you're a yogi and you're going to a yoga association you're obviously going to have similar interests as the people there and plus as electronically capable do I want to say capable no as electronically okay the France are very good the French government is super good at like making all of your tramites all of your processes for like any paperwork they put it online and they're so good about it like you can do everything on the computer you hardly ever have to go to a an office anymore um as good as the French government is at that when it comes to finding out when fun stuff is going down, you have to know people. You have to have conversations with them because half the reason we find out about half the things that are going on here is because of my husband. Cause like he talks to people in his association or like how you find a job. I mean, it's all about networking and knowing people because I mean, as cool and fun as associations are, they're not like that active on Facebook all the time. So it's not really easy to find out what's going on. But if you belong to a couple of associations and you go on a regular basis, you get the lowdown, you get the gossip, you get the goods. It's a uh, networking. It's the best way to network. It's the best way to find out when things are happening, like Christmas markets or like, I don't know, like a, what do they call it? A night market or, 
agreed vi, vin, oh, no, green vi, vive, vid, ah, that's what it is, vid grenier, which is basically a yard sale, um, so it's like cleaning out your house, so yeah, that's how you find out when those things are happening, so do yourself a favor, join one of those, or uh, find out about how you can, because those are super awesome, and even if you're not going to live in France, they're still good to know about, I mean, because associations put on a lot of um, things like I was saying before, yard sales, uh, wine tastings, um, exposés, uh, like they also do recitals and dance things. So it's a really easy way to appreciate um, the culture of France uh, for, I would say, for anybody. Yeah. So just do yourself a favor. Look into it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing recipes with you guys on Instagram. And I think probably we'll do a food and like French traditions episode with um, my husband on the podcast. Because the other day I was like looking for like French Christmas traditions and I was reading them off to him. And he was like calling BS on half of them. He's like, I've never heard of half of this bleep, 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 bleep. And he's like, and I'm, you know, I was born and raised here. He's like, what the heck is this? So I think it would be kind of funny just to like look up French traditions and have him like call them out if they're like true or false. It'll be interesting. And yeah, so I hope you guys have a good week. You're getting over your Thanksgiving hangovers and getting, uh, getting ready for Christmas or whatever holidays you might celebrate. Okay. Kisses. Bisous. Au revoir, y'all.